0: In December 2018, after a surge in sales of products containing cannabidiol, one of the active compounds in recreational cannabis, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration stated that CBD may not legally be sold in food or dietary supplements. Some states have responded by pulling products containing CBD from the market, whereas in other areas such products continue to be available. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Peter Cohen, an Associate Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Cohen has co-authored a perspective article on regulating CBD and other new dietary ingredients. Dr. Cohen, you write in your perspective article that CBD's only FDA-approved indication is to treat intractable seizures in patients with the Lennox-Gastaut syndrome or the Dravet syndrome. What other benefits of CBD have been suggested, and how much evidence is there to support any additional use?
1: So, Stephen, there's hardly been an indication that has not been suggested. CBD today is marketed for everything to help with pain, to relax you after a busy day, and to even calm your pets down. So the evidence, however, to support those indications are minimal. Sometimes they're small human studies, but we're usually talking about preliminary evidence that would absolutely require replication in large randomized controlled trials before we had any suggestion that this was something that we would want to actually recommend
0: in clinic. So what about adverse effects? Is there any evidence of that? What we know
1: is from the clinical trials in which there were some concerns about GI symptoms, specifically liver enzyme elevations, somnolence, and we don't know what CBD's effects going to be in pregnancy yet. This has not been studied. And there's also preliminary evidence that there might be some genotoxic effects to CBD, and that's being currently studied.
0: You say in your article that in December, the FDA stated that CBD can't be sold in food or supplements on the grounds that it's already been approved as a drug. So what was the impetus for that announcement, and how's the medical community responded? This has led to a lot of confusion.
1: CBD is already out there on the marketplace, widely advertised in every state. And the FDA comes out and states that because it was previously approved to treat these rare seizure disorders, There's no opportunity for it to be a supplement ingredient or in foods. So this has created a tremendous amount of confusion. Now, what's interesting is the FDA has yet to enforce that law. So while they've stated that, they've only sent warning letters to companies that are selling CBD to specifically treat an illness, like to cure, I don't know, diabetes or something. That might get a warning letter. The FDA has not sent any other warning letters about these thousands and thousands of CBD products. So it's very confusing. The FDA is saying one thing on the other hand, but their actions are completely different.
0: So as we've said, some states are taking these products off the market after the FDA announcement. Others are disregarding the announcement. Why is that happening? And is that a basic problem of a state-by-state approach to this kind of thing?
1: Absolutely. It's definitely a major problem because we haven't come to a consensus nationally. I think that CBD is getting this sort of treatment because it has this reputation, this narrative that it is entirely safe, that it provides the relaxing qualities of recreational cannabis without the psychoactive components. That narrative, although not proven, is very powerful. And it's enticed everyone from farmers to start creating more crops with cannabis to the industry, which is very keen on this narrative, and cannabis enthusiasts who are really excited about having this. And even people who never thought they would be interested in cannabis would say, hey, this must be a safe way of having some of the benefits from cannabis. So that very powerful narrative has captivated Americans and really gotten ahead of the FDA. And each state is trying to figure out how to handle that because consumer demand is high. In industry, interest in selling it and the profit is high. So, there's a real tension between the law and this enthusiasm.
0: So, as a possible path forward, you suggest in your article that Congress pass a law that waives the prohibition created by CBD's prior approval as a drug and then creates clear pathways for low dose CBD and other new substances to be safely introduced into the market. So, what do you see as the problems with the current approach to safety requirements for new dietary ingredients?
1: So currently, it's a really Wild West sort of
0: environment. So there
1: are some laws on the book, both when it comes to introducing new ingredients into supplements, and of course, new ingredients like food additives into food. However, especially when it comes to supplements, the law is infrequently followed. And CBD is just the latest example of that. Manufacturer decides this is a great product, gets ahead with advertising, and starts selling it prior to the FDA, even knowing it's on the market. Now, even if the manufacturer were to follow the law, what's required prior to these ingredients coming into the food supply in supplements or food is remarkably minimal vetting, remarkably a small amount of FDA assessment, if any. So, what we're proposing is that we not only absolutely require that everything get vetted, but that we clarify what that process is to ensure that all these new ingredients are safe prior to their being introduced into food or supplements.
0: So what do you think is going to happen? Are there signs that Congress or the FDA is likely to act on this, is likely to move in that direction or in any direction? We think it's
1: very likely, actually, in this case. So it might be surprising given the general gridlock in Congress. But on this point, there's a fascinating combination of interest from all different stakeholders, from industry who wish to profit, farmers who wish to grow cannabis, cannabis enthusiasts and states that are interested in legalizing cannabis. So it's a very unusual combination of events that I think has the potential to think through this in a more rational process. What Josh and I are suggesting is that we do that not by Congress just saying, okay, what should we do about CBD and make a plan with that? but say, okay, let's use CBD to set up standards that can be used to vet all ingredients that are coming in to supplements and food in a more rational, thoughtful, safer
0: way. So finally, given the current evidence about CBD and the current state of federal and state action on it, what would you advise individual physicians to do when their patients ask them about using CBD? At this point, we'll need
1: to advise our patients that We have no way of ensuring that if you go out and buy a CBD product, that it is what's written on the label. So until we can make these thoughtful reforms in the law, consumers who wish to try CBD are really left in the dark. And as physicians who might want to recommend this to patients, we're also left in the dark or to know about what exactly would be the safety concerns of the CBD products on store shelves. Obviously, that is completely dependent on dose. And what we know about the dosages of commercial CBD products is that they're both all over the map and that the label doesn't accurately reflect what's in the bottle. So until we have thoughtful reform, my advice would be to avoid these CBD products.
0: Thank you, Dr. Cohen.